Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Oh, that's what Dean Thomas said. Yeah. Dean feels like that would be a moral victory from Leon Edwards. But that is not the cloth from which he is cut. I mean, no. that is a dejection. Oh! You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast. We had to drop a new episode fresh on a Monday afternoon, August 22nd. Two days removed from, although the it may not have been in, in listen, that shit was crazy. I don't even know how to properly intro it. Uh, I will just come out right now and say that's, Probably the craziest thing I've seen watching mixed martial arts since I really started getting into it. Um, it's been at least seven, years, six, seven years since I've been like hardcore. Five, I don't know. It, it, se- it seems like it's been forever. I-, I can't believe the shit that went down on Saturday night, and that that's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Ty, welcome. This is the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast. Hot take, hot box. All that is good, well, and done. So, Ty, take it away. Yeah, I mean, all things considered, hell, isn't it, you know, one of the craziest moments, at least in recent history, recent memory, um, <clears throat> everybody will pick the, uh, honestly, Leon Edwards had one of the lesser known crazier moments when he had that eight second knockout over Seth Basinski. Um, you know, obviously nobody really knows about that because it got overshadowed by the Masvidal KO. You know, the Masvidal KO is definitely crazy, but it, it happened so quick and it was at the beginning of the fight, you know, this was 24 minutes in, you know, we're, we're close to the end. We're close to the finish line. There's some booze. There's some people like, ah, looking away, like John Anik and a couple people at the bar. And then, you know, he, he won the first round. He did something that we've never seen. Yeah. Um, I guess unless you count the Colby Covington takedown, which I'd have to look at again, but I think he probably did get the takedown, but either way, there was only, yeah, I mean, he was down. Uh, That's yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, I have to find who the three guys were. There was three guys who had the record for takedown defense at 100%. It was Jim Miller. Jim Miller, sorry. It was Kamar Usman, um, Adrian Yanez, and somebody else. But now it's no more Usman. John Jones? No, or no John Jones got taken down, right? By uh, Yeah. It, Tyson Nam. Oh, my God. Nam. Tyson Nam. Yeah. Holy shit. Tyson Nam. So now it's just him and, um, him and Yanez standing there. Yeah, I mean... He got taken down, trip, beautiful trip into Mount, and, um, you know, Leon, he, he stayed there. He controlled him the whole time, so that was a surprise. But then after that, he kind of, even just a couple minutes ago on Hawani's show, he said he was kind of dejected. He was, his game plan wasn't wasn't what it was. Um, you know, he was struggling. Which I don't understand, but, I mean, because after that first round, I was like, oh, man, we're in here. like that. Right, yeah. I think he thought he was going to be able to get him out of there after, uh, yeah. had, after that, you know. Um, and then... And then as the second and second round went on, I think he started decently in the in, in the beginning of the second round, and then he got taken down. And then he got uh, just just wore on, just worn on. You know that wear and tear, that wrestling cardio, that wrestling pressure is so much for anybody, especially in elevation. Like, you know, I don't know how somebody as monstrous and huge and just jacked and strong as Usman just laying on you and 
you know, maybe he's not landing strikes, sure, but just the pressure. I don't know how yeah. that doesn't, you know, get to you. And it did get to him, and everybody, you know, the, the I'd have to go back and watch it because uh, I was at the bar, not drinking, of course, um, as I'm sober until my birthday, unfortunately. Um, everybody was talking about how the, the commentary booth was shitting on Leon and Dean Thomas especially was being really harsh, which well, Dean Thomas has listen, he's they, got a lot of balls. They listen, no, but here's the thing: the the commentary booth wasn't wrong because it was we. I was literally thinking the same thing. He's sitting in his corner and he, he's sitting in the in the corner and his corner's screaming at him, like yeah. like Leon, what are you doing? Like you, you like you you're getting bullied. Like he's this corner screaming, don't let him bully you. And like every round, he was just kind of. The first round he tried he tried to get taken down and he fought it off like big time and then that's how he got the fucking like body fold trip took him down got mount all that stuff and and then the second and third round obviously as the fight goes on it's harder and harder to uh, defend those takedowns he just was accepting these negative positions and we I always talk about it on here you, if you're fighting a wrestler or a grappler you cannot accept being on the bottom or being on your back it, you just can't do it you have to continually work to get back up or make the other person work while grappling with you and he wasn't doing that so it looked like he it literally did look like he was quitting i, I thought he yeah. quit like i thought he had given up i thought he was out of the fight and i mean obviously you know you, minute left in the fight 24 minutes in you know you're like all right well this, this is it you know like this, this is how this shit's gonna go he got out wrestled he gave him a good fight he, he looked good in the first round but Simply just didn't have enough for 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 Kamaru Usman, who's I mean, obviously, like you said, like Usman trains at elevation, so he's used to this kind of feeling. Uh, Edwards, they said he slept in a hyperbaric chamber or an elevation tent or something like that for the whole camp. He was out there for two weeks. Listen, it, it's one thing to train and get ready for it. There's another thing to be in an actual fight at elevation. That's what it, it's, that's right. what it seemed like, at least from watching this. I mean, I've never never fought anyone in a cage at elevation, but I assume it's unbelievable. I walked up some steps at Red Rocks and almost passed out, so I can't imagine yeah. what Listen, it's like to fight people. Anytime I I uh, come come home, I instead of taking the elevator, I uh, I don't have time for all that. I just run up the the five sets of stairs, and by the time I get to the fourth floor, I'm like, all right. I'm a uh, I'm struggling here, so like you know who am I to say anything? But um, yeah, it was. You know, I think after the third round is when the corner really started to get on him. Before the you know the infamous the the famous infamous famous fourth round where they were saying, you know, where they were just screaming, freaking out, telling him, you know, what were they saying? Don't quit on yourself or be a man or something like that. It was like, yeah, they were basically don't let him bully you. You got to pull this out of the fire. Um, you know, like you're down to, you're down to now, like you got, you have to, you, you got to stand up, basically like stand up for yourself like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it Cause was. it was a lot of like, like it wasn't like he was getting like completely dominated. Like he was like in the, in the, the scorecards and whatnot, but he wasn't getting like taking a lot of damage and like just completely getting beat up. Like it was just kind of like, he was just getting like. Uh, like controlled, I guess is the proper yeah. word. Like it, it, it never felt like he was completely out of the fight in the fight sense, but like mentally, when you looked at him, you're just like, oh, he's checked out. Like he, he looks like he doesn't want to be here anymore. And that, it, like he even, like I'm glad he even admitted it though that he was like a little dejected after because he was. It looked like his corners grabbing his face, like or, and like pushing his chest, like look at me, basically, like look, look me in my eyes, like you know, yeah. you're you're fucking wasting an opportunity here. And it was like. It truly did feel like a Hollywood movie because I very rarely, man, when you watch this sport, do you sit there and you see some shit that like it, it like you just can't 
find the words to explain what's happening. Like I was laying in bed. Uh, I was, I didn't go out for this. I was just like, all right, whatever. Like, I don't feel like, I really didn't feel like socializing tonight. So I'm just going to lay here, you know, fire laptop up. Let's watch the fights. Uh, and everyone pretty much in my house is asleep by the time this went off. It was like one third. It was pretty late by the time this yes. fight uh, happened, dude. And I woke, I woke a good amount of people up in my house. Just going, <laughs> like I just stood up and the people were like, what, what, what happened? Like what happened? I was like, Oh, I just pointed at the screen. I said, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And like the, this, him watching Usman, like, cause you, it, there is something about the invincibility of some of these guys where you're just like you could never see them in a in this kind of position. You never ever think that Uz- Kamaru Usman, the Nigerian nightmare, the pound for pound best on the planet, could get sent to the shadow realm like that. And Crazy. and he did, dude. Like it knocked out cold, eyes open, looking at the roof. Like it was as clean a knockout as you could imagine, man. And. and Truly, it is, and I think I fired this out. Like, it's why MMA is the best sport in the world. There's no other sport where, if you're in the NBA Finals and the other team's up 30, where you score a 32 point bucket and ends the game immediately. Yes. Like, that's what yep. that kind of was like. Like, he was, he was out. The fight was over. The game was over. If it was, you would have the backups in if it was a regular sporting event. And he just pulled it out. Truly, from the jaws of defeat. Out of the fire, whatever the cliche you want to use, man. It was truly, truly incredible. Yeah, man, and I'm happy for him. Like, I, I think the right, right after when you see him walking, you know, speed walking towards the, towards the, towards Dana White before he hopped over the, the cage, and then you see his brother jump over and, and just bear hug him from behind, and just the 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 joy and the emotion, um, on their on, just. In the arena, in general, I mean, cage side, you had you had Usman's daughter crying. You had Gaethje with Crazy. his head in his lap. You had Al- Ali Abdalaziz with his head in his lap, which I loved. You had Cejudo, just like, what the fuck? Then you had Brandon Marino with his ha- heads hands on his head, like he. Brandon Marino was me, on one hundred percent. I, I like did the little when it happened. I did like a little running lap, like like I, I ran down the uh, the hallway we were like ish in, and I was just like. I had to, I had to run. I had to just go for a run. I was, I couldn't believe it. And then, you know, seeing just all the, all the, all the people's reactions, like, and you saw, um, I think it was Leon Edwards, camp his his, his training team back home. Oh when yeah. They showed them on the feed or whatever it was. That was insane. And then just the emotion backstage with his mom when he was on FaceTime with his mom. Um, you know, I know a lot of people don't like Leon Edwards. I've always been a fan. I don't know if I've, I, I'm like, I might be one of the only ones, but, um, how could you not, you know, be a fan in that moment. How could you not just be, you know, happy for him and and you know have the hairs on the back of your head, st- back of your neck stand up, like getting goosebumps. Just that that moment is in just huge, huge, and it it, it kind of like unites people. You know, seeing that happen, seeing a, a comeback like that, seeing like a brutal, just quick finish, and you know, it's what we watch, him, yo, man. man. It's what we watch MMA for. We talk about it all the time on here. We watch. We tune in every week for the possibility that we might see some crazy fucking shit, man. Like, yeah. you, you you don't know every week. Some weeks are boring. Some weeks have every fight finish. And then sometimes you get to see this shit that you just can't even... You couldn't even write in a storybook because it would sound fake. Like, that. that's... How that fight ended is, like, that. It would you'd be like, that's fake as fuck. Like, that, that, there's no way that would happen in real life. And it did. Like, it... it he... 
I, yeah, like you said, like it, all of it, like I'm, I wouldn't necessarily classify myself. I mean, I kind of shit on him in the past that said he wasn't really worthy of the of the title shot. He hadn't really beaten anyone, whatnot. But none of that matters though when you see something like that happen. Like you saw, you yeah. saw a guy just with his back against the wall, all odds against him, just realize his dream and, and persevere through every all of the things that were stacked up against him. Like in his life, in this fight, in the, in his UFC career, like it's it just, it's truly remarkable, man. Like it, it, it's that, that is why we watch this sport. That's why we like sports in general. It's just to see this just absolutely these remarkable human beings perform under the brightest of lights and, in, and at the highest of levels. And I mean, he knocked out one, I mean, who was on his way to challenging GSP for the greatest welterweight of all time? He's probably for sure the second best welterweight right. of all time, right? Knocked him out. Cold. Yeah, and I think, and I think this might th- th- this should just show people how great and and how great GSP was, and people should now respect his greatness even more because he avenged. You know, he he got stopped twice, but he avenged both of those losses and his longevity and his ability to kind of not play into other guys' strength and, and to um, lessen his chan- his um, the danger, the danger zone, pretty much. Kamar Usman was in the danger zone. I believe they were against the cage, and Herb Dean separated him a little bit before this happened. So, you know, he was Usman's strategy was good, but, you know, he was, he was playing with fire a little bit. They were at range, and when they were at distance, um, I think, let's see, I think Usman outstruck him by four, which is not much, you know what I mean? Like, he had a big, significant strike advantage, Usman did, but at distance, it was very, very close. Um, when you look at the body strikes and the leg strikes, uh, Leon Edwards was mixing up. I liked what he was doing to the legs. He didn't, he, it seemed like he was doing it not consistently, but he was, he really wanted to go with the body. And there was these kids, uh, I didn't really know them. They were around me. He's like, why, why does he keep going to the body? I'm like, do you not know your, like, do you not get it? You don't understand why people go to the body? You attack the body and the head will fall. Yeah. And exactly when he went for that head man. kick, it seemed like, it seemed like the head kick, you know, when he threw it, uh, Usman dropped his hands to kind of prepare and block for a body shot, a body like a body kick, and um, he did not get that. And we saw a similar head kick from Brian Battle when he threw uh, the right high kick, right, like directly behind the, the straight right punch, literally almost throwing it the exact time, not giving his opponent was it was it Sato that he fought? Yeah, not giving him a chance to reload his defense you know he's 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 gearing up for the 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 straight punch so he's trying to block that he doesn't have enough time to prepare for the fucking flying kick that's coming his way you know what i mean yep. same thing with usman uh right behind that left straight from leon edwards fucking pitch just beautiful pitch perfect beautiful i mean just art art literally art i mean you saw all the memes that's gonna happen when guys get floored and knocked out cold yeah. especially when it's kamar usman instead of like you know Takashi Sato. Nobody cares about him getting floored. It's more about Usman. But still, picture perfect. I mean, there was uh, there was a there was one picture specifically that stood out to me. It was I don't know who tweeted or or whatever, but it was just the exact moment when it landed, and just just insane, man. Just you know, almost like speechless. Still, I still don't really know how to correctly put that moment into words, but um. God damn, what a moment. What a moment. I'm so glad that uh that we get to, you know, sit up here and talk and this is this is our this is our sport, man. This is just this is amazing. This is why I tried tell pe- telling people to, you know, get into it. It's like, "Oh, I don't really know about UFC. I, you know, Conor McGregor, uh, John Jones." I'm like, "Listen, 
just tune in, tune in when I tell you, and take it from there. Yeah, and that's the thing though. Like, it, it feels rewarding, like for people like us who watch it on a week in a week out basis when stuff like this happens. Like, it, it's this is what we kind of like. You know, you, like you said, like you can tune in one week here, and then you go a couple. Like, you might not see this shit. It's you know, this doesn't happen every week. This doesn't happen every pay per view card. Like. It's sometimes these fights are boring. Sometimes someone gets poked in the eye and the fight ends 15 seconds in. Like sometimes this is very, very, right. very unpredictable. This whole, this whole game, this whole fight business. But sometimes you just get the reward. You get everything that you've asked for. And it, it, you know, it's crazy how like 2021, the knockout of the year was Masvidal getting put into a, a, a the shadow realm, and then now Kamaru Usman gets to see what the land of wind and ghost is like. He's a, his first time, his first visit to the land of wind and ghost. So, yeah, listen, everybody, nobody is exempt from that first UFC loss, unless your name is John Jones or Habib. And if they stick around, they will too. Yeah. So, and also was, was 2020 Masvidal over Askren or was that 2019? 2019, I think. Uh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to say, you know, Masvidal being 2020 and then, being the one, the victim in 2021, and then Usman being the victim in 2020, like just a weird, it's a past lineage. Yeah, just, Game of and, Thrones and, style. You know, shout out to Game of Thrones. Yeah, shout out to House of the Dragon, baby. Um, but yeah, dude, the welterweight division—that's that, what happens. I mean, this you know, 155, 170 has always been, you know, the, the best classes that that put on the best performances, the best shots, the best fights, the best champions, and um, you know, it's 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 continuing strong. I can't wait for the trilogy. I know Usman's going to be probably a bigger favorite because he was cruising. Um, and, you know, in my heart of hearts, I truly expect him to make the make make some of the changes, make some of the defensive changes. But um, I don't know, man. There's a part of me that, you know, Trevor Whitman's guys and, and girls are starting to struggle a little bit. You know, he's... he's oh and 3 That momentum that he had building up is now building down. And I don't want to like blame him or anything, but it's just the sport, you know. Rose hangs along, hangs around long enough, she's going to get smoked. Same with Gaethje, same with Usman. Kamaru Usman is thirty-five. Kamaru Usman's body, in general, has been through a fucking a lot. lot. Yeah, and it's it, it's it's just different when you get when you get knocked out in a way that he got knocked out. I don't know how you bounce back from that mentally, physically, you know, physically emotionally spiritually like that's different man that's on the biggest stage the biggest moment seconds away from the fight being over and you holding your belt you getting uh you know you walking out of there with your head knocking cuss dude he was fucked up like he was Hell on the yeah. ground for a while he couldn't he couldn't he had no he idea what happened all that shit no like. idea no it, that was bad and then you saw a tweet come out like right after it that was obviously ali saying whatever he said and then uh, a couple hours later Usman you know tweeted and I think uh, Dana White said he was getting transported to the hospital like it's going to take him some time to come back from this rightfully so um so like that kind of puts some doubt in my mind about what the future holds you know like I want to say he's gonna he's gonna beat him in the trilogy and he's gonna get his belt back and this and that but like by the time that trilogy comes he might be 36 like you know you hang around at that age, and that age, that's when things started to go downhill, you know? Leon Edwards is 30. This is his prime. That's what I was saying le- leading up to this. Like, he had that two-year layoff uh, with, you know, when COVID hit, and he couldn't, nobody would let him travel. He had the Tyron Woodley fight. He had four or three Kamzat Chimaya fights that were scheduled, and all of them got canceled. 
And everybody was saying, you know, why doesn't Leon Edwards want to fight? How come he's not fighting? What is he doing? What is he doing? He comes back, no contest, eye poke. And then, you know, he fights Nate and almost almost gets knocked out. It it seems like that's what they were talking about, him almost getting knocked out, him almost getting finished. And, you know, truthfully, the fact that that almost happened, then he comes back and finishes Usman, I mean, what a fucking storybook ending. Not ending, but a storybook um, peak for Leon Edwards' career. And he's again, he's only thirty. Like this is this is the best Rocky Edwards we have, and he's probably he, he might get even better. You know, he's still got some some time left. He's only thirty. Again, said it like ten times, but um, I, listen, I, I I like to see him hold the belt and 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 keep going. But you truly never know. Um, but I'm just I'm glad he has it right now. Uh, the trilogy is going to be insane in Wembley. That place is going to be absolutely rocking. Uh, I can't wait. Yeah, so I'm with you on the uh, – I think there there's some considerable factors that go into this trilogy fight that we are just assuming eventually does happen, whether uh, – I mean, I imagine it's going to happen relatively soon. I don't think the, – the word is that uh, Leon doesn't want to wait around because obviously – he wasted enough uh, time, like, you know, two-year yeah. layoff, COVID. Last two years of his prime. A lot of shit didn't go his way these last couple of years. We kind of discussed it on the last episode. So, I mean, in the event that Usman's out for a good amount of time, which, I mean, I think he needs to take some time. Uh, you can't yeah. just run this back uh, relatively soon. I think March would probably be the earliest this fight could happen uh, due to the fact that it seems like uh, I mean, a lot of the dates are booked up up until at least December, January, you know, and that yeah. fight's going to be huge now. Uh, even more, even it's going to be enormous. So I, I don't know. I'm with you on this in the sense that I, I initially, my first thought was after the fight that Usman's going to smoke him in a rematch. Like he are, he'd already had him basically dead to rights and he kind of just got caught unlucky sort of thing. You can chalk it up however you want, but you just labeled a bunch of reasons why that, might not exactly play out like that. This is his first time being knocked out like that. He's older. He's had. He's discussed how his knees have just degenerated as the years have gone yeah. on. He. I mean, and honestly, uh, if we're. I mean, he may have gassed out a little bit there in the fifth round because he. Although he, you know, he couldn't really get Leon Edwards down as easily as he had in those early. Those, previous three rounds right i mean yeah why would he why was he standing with him for that extended period of time after he had you know had such success with the grappling and and the wrestling you know so i don't know Six of 13 on takedowns in the first fight this this fight five of 12 very very similar and he got taken down so like and that was um, three rounds that first one right and he got controlled for two minutes 55 seconds that doesn't happen ever no, like, <laughs> it's never happened. I could not believe it when he when Leon ended up on in mount. I was just like, wow! Like that was another like situation Insane. where I'm just like unbelievable. And he locked his feet underneath of him. And I was like, dude, like he's he was ready for this. Like he this is what he wanted to do. And then when he had his yeah. back, when he got the body triangle on his back, I just could not. I was and like that's what's great about the UFC, man. Just because you hear DC's like losing his mind, like we never seen Usman. Oh, on his back like this, like the freaking out, and I'm freaking out in my house, like oh my god, like that we might see something crazy here. And then he gets up, and then Usman does exactly what championship level fighters do. He comes back and he just starts beating the brakes off him in the next three rounds. Like he just starts wrestling and just grinding him out. And that's, I mean, we could sit here and talk about this all day long. I feel like we're missing stuff because it's it's just truly like a, a huge. It was like a spiritual event. 
Like, I, yeah, literally. Like, I, 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 I'm telling you, I, I, I had a friend uh, laying next to me. I woke that person up immediately. Okay, woke, <laughs> woke them up immediately. I, and I was just, yeah, oh hey, my listen, god, sorry. Oh, I gotta do what I gotta. That's do. what I said. I, I almost knocked my TV over because I just stood up and walked. Like same thing you did, but like not running. I just walked to my door in my room and just said, "What the fuck?" Like I, I, I couldn't. It's just one of those things, man. When you see those guys, like if if that had ever happened to Habib, I would have lost my mind. Like you just never yeah. imagine. Hey, it'll happen to me if uh, Islam gets like Darsh choked unconscious. I'll just be like, "What? Like I, <laughs> I can't believe this. Like is, did that really just happen? Like that's what the that's what this sport's all about, man." And I thank those two guys, and I thank the UFC, everyone involved, for giving me just a crazy, crazy like something I'll never forget. Absolutely. One of the best moments in the UFC history for sure. Yeah, and like it's up there with like Ronda getting knocked out in like recent memory. Um I mean obviously McGregor knocking out Aldo, uh Diaz beating McGregor. Uh just Dustin some of those... beat Dustin finishing McGregor. Yeah, the, all that shit was just like insane. It's even that like that was crazy. That when he when he knocked him out the first time it was like what like what dude? Like yep. I I but honestly, tougher remembering that because I got belligerently drunk after that because <laughs> the Irish took a fat L that night. But there, Ty, I don't know if you know this. There were other fights on this card, so uh, I assume yeah, we I will so. have to discuss them at some point. But do you have any uh, anything? Uh, uh, do you think that there's any chance they do Leon versus Chemayev before they do the Kamara fight? Um, Only if I it's get, like I'm, a long, long time that Usman wants to take off or something like that. Yeah, I think honestly Daniel's gonna do what do what um do this re- this trilogy whenever Usman's ready. Like Usman said, he's ready in a couple months. He's and they have the you know they have time and they have a, a time slot and a place. I think they'll do it. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's gonna be relying on I guess both of them because Leon's the champ and it's gonna be in Leon's backyard. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he's gonna be ready. So I guess you know it, I guess it will be up to Usman's health really. Um, I, you know, if he takes some time off, if he waits till like the end, maybe, um, like the end of, end of summer, like around maybe this time, but in July or June, maybe if, if, listen, if Chemayev runs through Diaz, like a lot of people, including, uh, myself think he will, I don't see how, you know, let's say he just gets Nate Diaz out of there in like a minute or two. How, how do you not give him a title shot? You know? Oh, he's up next. I don't think it's. I don't think that there's any question. Uh, I, you look at the rankings. I mean, the good thing. I mean, for the, the, I think one of the, another winner this weekend was Colby Covington because he now yeah. that opens him up to maybe fight for the title again or even Jorge because you know yeah I, I don't I don't I, have any I'm with you though Jorge yeah but well, this allows him to you know start talking shit and allows him to. Um, his popularity to open back up and allows him to be relevant again, even though I don't think he is. But it it, it opens that door, it opens that window. No, I know what you're yep. saying. Like, yeah, because it's a it's kind of like the McGregor effect, like where now there's a new champion, there's somebody that you could at least build, like say, hey, Masvidal maybe be able to beat him. Like, I think Masvidal fights one time, beats whoever you want to put him up against. He's fighting for the title. You know, that's yeah. if Leon Edwards is still the champion. And I'm gonna be honest, I fa- I favor Leon over Colby and Jorge. They still haven't changed the champion on, on the website, by the way, which is crazy. <laughs> but uh, I mean, so Colby would probably be number two ranked now. Usman would be number one. Chamayev still three. Gilbert Burns is four, and Bilal Muhammad five. So uh, I mean, that's Bilal Muhammad saying I ate that head kick. 
the fuck yeah. out of here. Get the fuck. He is one of the most miserable, annoying fighters that's in the game right now. I, I and can't. he used to be one of the best. Well, like he was a fan favorite with his tweets and everything. Now he's just annoying. It's yeah, like, well, it goes to your head at a certain point. You know, you keep yep. trying to be that funny guy and everything. I, you know how where I stand. I don't need to shit on Bilal Muhammad any more than I already have on here, but not <laughs> a fan. I hope Sean Brady takes him out. Uh, yep. You know, and then you got Wonder Boy at some point is going to have to fight someone. Everyone, I think, won this weekend that wasn't Kamara Usman because it's just Facts. parody and change in the division is always good for the guys below. I mean, even the Gilbert Burns of the world. Like, there's a lot of guys who now probably are reinvigorated with you know, title aspirations and hopes now that Kamar Usman is done. I just, man, I can't believe it. I, John Anik with the no way, like that, that was awesome. Just DC, obviously like the, I, I know people say like they fake the reactions or something like that, but like there's, I just don't think like, I think that's just how Joe Rogan looks. People are like, Joe Rogan always like dramatizes, like I could not imagine sitting cage side and watching Kamar Usman get sent to the shadow realm. Like I, 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 I mean, probably would look yeah, the same you way, even, you know, like, uh, how do you even? How are you supposed to react? You know, like poor DC, no, dude. DC's yeah. like looks sad, like because he was just like. I mean, because obviously, I think he likes Kamaru and he's a you know a fan yeah. of his. But can't wait to see what the new pound for pound rankings look like too. What like Volk's going to be take his rightful spot at number one? How far yeah, does yeah. Usman go down? You know, I mean, Leon's not even on the list. He's going to have to go up there at some. I mean, he just knocked him out. Hey, so it looks like we're going to have to update our rankings. We're right right around the corner. How about we? You know. Maybe, maybe even next episode, we'll we'll, we'll cook them yeah. boys up, get get them get them going for the second half of something, the episode. Absolutely, something big like this, yeah, we have to make a little shake up. We got, yeah, we got a little bit of time uh, to to take care of that. But let's keep it moving. Though we did spend enough time talking about this, uh, it is incredible. Like I said, I could sit here and spend an hour just talking about it because it was truly, truly a special, special uh, moment. Paulo Costa Boricina takes out Luke Rockhold thirty twenty seven. This fight, uh, Rockhold gassed out in a, probably a minute 30 to two minutes of the fight and still was able to survive till the end. I think that says more about Paulo Costa than it does anything other than Luke Rockhold's insane uh, just will to survive and just not quitting. Uh, got his nose broken pretty early on in the fight. I think that had a big, big effect on what happened, but... Uh, I, th- this fight, I left thinking I would like to see Luke Rockhold again, even though he retired after the fight. Uh, he probably thinks it looked worse than it actually was, because it just—I mean, like you said, elevation, all these things have a factor. I mean, he's also fighting like the Brazilian Hulk, so it's a problem when you're going up against him. But I don't know what the deal with Paulo Costa is. I guess I, I'd like to hear your opinion on uh, everything that went down in that co-main event. Uh, yeah, man, I, I, I think you know Paulo has this has the. He has a, a lot of gifts, a lot of tools, but I don't think he has a, a wide skill set. If that makes sense, you know what I mean. Like, uh, I was honestly though, I was really impressed with how he dealt with Luke on the ground. Like when I, I remember Luke took him down. And I'm like, oh no, this might be it. Like Luke Rockhold did things to Chris Weidman that nobody ever done to Chris Weidman. That's prime Chris Weidman. I remember when he mounted Chris Weidman and beat his fucking brains into the mat. And, you know, Chris Weidman's a decorated grappler, a decorated wrestler. So, like, you know, Luke Luke has all the ability. Remember, he was he was one of the AKA boys with um, DC, Habib, and uh, Kane. Yeah. So, when I when that happened, I was like, I know Luke's, I know Paulo's Brazilian. I know he's got a nice background, too. But, like, this this could be it. And he got right up. He got right up. He, he threw him off him. Um, they, it was a weird, it was a weird, 
weird fight. It was it was all the weirdness, all the sloppiness, all the yep. in, insane craziness that we kind of expected. You know, the blood, um, the 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 Luke Rockhold, you know, rubbing his blood all over Paulo Costa at the end of the end of the third. That was weird. That was crazy. Um, the, oh, the my friend, uh, my friend was there watching it, and uh, she was appalled. She was appalled <laughs> by that, like that. And I, I said, I said, listen, I've watched fighting for a while. I've never seen a dude rub his blood on face to face like that on yeah. someone. I've, I've never that was, seen that. That was so. That was so crazy. Like, who, I, I think I saw somebody tweet like Paulo Costa's uh, blood test or something after the after the fight, <laughs> and there's a bunch of positive, 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 positives, <laughs> like. Hepatitis, this, that, um, yeah, dude, insane. And then he, he, you know, the fuck you before he threw that huge left, awesome. left hook that hit Paulo, and Paulo, you know, backed him up, but he didn't, you know, he kept going. He's like you said, the Brazilian Terminator. Um, good fight, you know. Uh, it, was it, it, did it, it did what it was supposed to do. Following the fight, it followed, yeah. and um, the heartbreak that my parlay had suffered, you know, in that Jose Aldo fight, so. Shout out to both of them. Uh, Paulo, it sounds like Paulo Costa is not, he doesn't want to be in the UFC anymore. He's, he thought this was the last fight on his contract. And then uh, on the Hawani show, he told Ariel that he has one more and that he's looking forward to becoming a free agent. Uh, he said he got $5,000 for the Vittori fight. Um, well, so I, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. He, he can cry about that, but he kind of uh, created his own situation there, didn't he? Yeah. Yes, you know, with the whole everything. So I don't know. It sounds like he wants to fight Jake Paul. Like I don't know. All this, all this nonsense going on. Um, Paul is a different character. Um, but you saw Luke Rockhold after the fight. You know, hugging everybody. Cheeto Vera, DC. Uh, he's he's definitely well revered and well loved in the MMA community. So um, yeah, if that's if that's his career, I said it on Twitter. Or I didn't say it on Twitter. I said it on the podcast. I think prime Chris Weidman which was not very long. It might have been just 2014 and 2015, you know, just the, the two-year run when he beat um, Tim Boach, Michael Bisping before Bisping beat him again. Uh, Leo Machida. You said uh, Weidman, by the way. Oh, uh, fuck. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rockhold, my bad. Prime go. Rockhold might be the best middleweight to ever walk this earth, given that it was only a two-year you know, two year period. But still, you know, when he went through Tim Boach, Michael Bisping, Machido, Chris Weidman, um, and then, you know, obviously the Bisping fight and then Yoel and Jan, it, it, it crumbled after that, but, um, still a great career for him. Um, so if that is truly, you know, it for him, uh, kind of sad to see, because I feel like, you know, he, he had a lot more, a lot more will in this fight, a lot more, uh, guts, a lot more survival in this fight than, you know, maybe we saw before. So shout out to him for that though. Yeah, man. Like that's like you said, like the. That old, the old Rockhold, the Rockhold we spoke about on here, like we, like if he had gotten hit, we, we, I thought he would have been out of there for sure. Yeah, you first know, I mean, round, he got hit with bombs was. and was still standing there, and like you said, yelling "fuck you" and then throwing like a nuke back his way. Nuts. Like, it was awesome, and like yeah, like I think Luke missed a couple opportunities uh, in the grappling sense when Costa fell, and he got a little ahead of himself. He got a little sloppy, but. I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that he was dead tired and his nose was fucking ruined, and yep. it was just an all, it was an awesome fight though. So it's you can't complain about much. Uh, shout out to Paulo Costa, who is a former Jungle Fight middleweight champion. So yep. that is an important thing to say. Uh, and he also beat up a nurse over a COVID nineteen uh, situation. So can't forget about that. But let's keep it moving. Uh, Paulo Costa, if, if you do see him fight again, who would you like to see him fight, I guess, before we get out of there uh, with that? I mean, he is the number, what, 
Six-ranked fighter in the uh, division. Uh, Brunson is fighting Strickland. No, right? No. Um, Brunson's fighting Hermanson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who's Strickland fighting? Is he getting Ken near? Yes. Yeah. So, okay. uh, and Vittori's fighting Whitaker. So everybody's booked. Everyone's booked. Besides... So he has to wait around, I guess. I mean, he could fight Darren, Darren Till. Till. Wow. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. Or Muniz? honestly, this is what I would want to see. When um, I forget. Is it this? It is this weekend. It's two. It, uh, maybe not. Is two seventy eight? See, I'm after this card. I'm like, yeah, that's right. See, I'm all, I'm all, all fucked up. Um, two seventy nine, I believe, is when uh, Nazardine. No, is it? Is it in France? Nazardine Imavov is fighting um, Mr. Joaquin Buckley. Okay, that is in France, which is two days after my birthday, which is this upcoming so, week, I believe, right? Next week. Next, next week. week. We have, we have off this week. Wow. Well, I didn't know that. Me, me either. It's like it's been forever. Um, Nazardine Imavov takes on Joaquin Buckley at in Paris, and if Imavov does what I think he's going to do, take care of Buckley easily, or maybe not easily, but take care of him. I would love to see him and Paulo Costa. Yeah, sign me up, dude. You know how I feel. I'm all in on the Imavov train. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's so much. That, it's crazy now that you look at that middleweight division, how booked up it is. Uh, right. Absolute insanity, but. Let's see. I guess we're going to have to figure out if we're going to do another episode this week. I thought I, I, I for sure just assumed that we have fights after fights after fights. So I guess we do have off this week. I guess we can come in and do a little, uh, a little, a little fun episode. Let's, yeah, you know, we can do a, little, a mix of things. Yeah, why not? Why maybe not? like prepare for football. Talk about this. Ooh, maybe you know, we can, kind of like yeah, a, maybe we a could joint. do a sport. We'll do sports this week as opposed to another MMA episode. I know everyone out Hello. there loves this conversation. So <laughs> uh, let's yeah, let's keep it moving though. Uh, Marab Davishvili or Dwashvili or Slavashvili, as I've heard it said about sixty-five different ways uh, <laughs> this weekend. He defeated Jose Aldo, who. This fight was boring, man. Let me just go out and say that uh, off the rip. Nothing for me right here. I mean, I obviously was rooting for Aldo, had picked Aldo, but Aldo gave really nothing in return, and Marab is not an exciting fighter. We've known this for some time. Unless he's getting cracked and fighting like a zombie, he he, he kind of just sticks to the game plan and, and just grinds out his opponent, and it's not exactly the most exciting thing in the world. Although effective, not exciting. Uh, what do you have to? You have any comments about uh, what, what what this was? Yeah, man, I had uh, twenty five dollars down to win three eighty five on a Tybora Aldo Pudalova parlay that just fell apart. Mike Mike Bell gave it a thirty twenty seven just to give me an extra fuck you because he knows how much I don't like him. Um, yeah, after round one, man, Jose Aldo didn't do anything. He was throwing some kicks. He was throwing some like a couple punches, but not much. But he was uh, at least doing a little bit. And then after that, he didn't do anything. Uh, second round, he landed eleven punches or strikes. Third round, he landed twelve. After the first, he, it was fifteen. So he was just not not doing anything. Uh, Marab zero is sixteen on takedowns. Crazy, crazy. But if there's one thing to to give Jose Aldo credit for, I think it is that he has the best takedown defense in history. I'll say that. Um, but yeah, I think he might be, I think he might be, uh, nearing the end of the road here. It seems like he's, you know, very hesitant now, you know, I saw some people saying him and Dominic Cruz should, should, um, should fight one last time and in, in MSG or something. I don't, I don't know if, if Jose Aldo is going to fight like this. I really don't want to see him again. 
Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, he's 35, so he's not exactly a young Been man fighting for anymore. almost 20 years. You yeah, know? you know, he's had 39 professional fights, uh, and, and he's kind of hit a roadblock in both divisions now where he had his yeah. title shot. He was fighting his way back to the second title shot. He's got good wins against Rob Font and, and Chito Vera, Pedro Munoz, but... I mean, running into that roadblock, Mike Marab, I don't know what they do next if he wants to continue fighting. You know, like maybe he fights a Sandhagen or one of the losers of these uh, upcoming fights. But is that really what you want to do? Maybe they finally just run the Dominic Cruz out of fight and yeah. just call it quits. You know, like I, I don't know. But it, it's unfortunate because Aldo in his past has been a very exciting uh, awesome fighter to watch. Someone when he's on the card, you get truly excited about. But this past weekend, it was just you know I was excited going into it, and I just at a certain point, I just started going on my phone during the fight. I was just like I, I knew what was happening, you know, like yeah. it was just it was boring. It, it, I hate to say that I feel like such a casual snob when I say that, but it just it was it was just a boring fight. You knew you knew the result. Yep. Uh, and thankfully, I didn't do that during the uh, Edwards fight because I kind of, you know, it's the last fight of the night. I sit there and hold out hope that maybe I'll see something crazy. And I actually got got my uh, money's worth this time. But, yeah, you know, Marab, uh, you know, Dana was talking shit about him afterwards just because he didn't he didn't call anyone out. He fought boring. And I don't blame Dana, too, because when yeah. you're, they're asking you, are you going to fight the tight champion? He's like, well, I don't know. Uh, we're friends. And it's like, well, man, you know. Shit or get off the pot. Like we're, we have other guys here who want to fight the champion. If you don't want to fight the champ, then then be gone. Because I don't know what what's next for Davishvili. I mean, he's got one more fight basically, and he's fighting for the title, right? Ariel said he would love to see Marab fight Henry Cejudo. Um, that would be awesome. I keep forgetting Marab, about Cejudo. Marab got very excited about that. So yeah, I mean, you know, if you're going to turn down fights while putting on snoozers, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, what do you think about that fight? That'd be awesome. I mean, it's a you know, a, a clash of two power wrestlers um, with much, you know, completely different styles. Marab's gotten a lot better with his with his hand, with the striking, but he's still uh, a little rigid. You know, Henry Cejudo is quick, has power. I think uh, I, you know, I haven't seen Henry in a while, so I I, I think I still want to favor him. But uh, that'd, be yeah. kind, that'd be kind of a banger, you know. Two It'd little, be exciting. Two, absolutely. Um, so we'll see. I would take Cejudo too, though. Uh, for the record, I I, I just think he. He's not going to get out wrestled. Uh, he's not. And I think like everything that Marab does, Cejudo does better in theory. It, it, yeah. It, maybe he's falling off a cliff or something like that. But I just I'm not betting on that. I highly doubt that. But uh, Pudilova, this is another one we cashed out on. Pudilova inside the distance against uh, Yanan Wu or Wu Yanan, however you like to say it. Um, dominant. Just dominant performance. Yeah, it kind of like you said. Yeah, Wu just doesn't give you much. Yeah, you know, and it, Lucy Putalova with, with her striking, she was just off. She was just, you know, uh, she was just a little, a little um, too far on the outside, a little too, too distant to really land much striking. But when she pushed forward with the grappling and the wrestling, that was that was pretty much it. That, easy work, easy work. And then she, once she got her in a dominant position, she finished her. You know, Yanan Wu doesn't have offense, she doesn't have defense, and she doesn't really have grit. You know, she doesn't have the will or the skill. So that's four in a row for her. Um, five out of six in the UFC that she's lost, including that red flag to Gina Mazzani. Uh, she's probably done. I don't know if the, the UFC roster bot has um, put her on there, but she should uh, She should be in there. 
Yeah, I mean, UFC roster bot's going to have a lot of work after this past weekend. But <laughs> yeah. um, Oh, my. Yeah, for real. I, I, I Listen, I don't have much to say other than shout out to John Cavanaugh. All right, SBG getting a huge, huge win. This might be his boys. best fight. Uh, that yeah, <laughs> all right, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, all right, all right, we're done trolling. We're done trolling. Let's keep it moving. Uh, Lucy Pudelova, shout out to you. Thanks for cashing out. Another person who cashed us out. I wish I could have taken inside the first three minutes or two minutes of the fight. Tyson Pedro puts Harry Hunsucker to to, to bed. Thanks for coming <laughs> again. Harry Hunsucker, who uh, who's well known for his first round performances, uh, he is he should. Hey, we just mentioned the roster watcher. <laughs> Here's another guy who he's, should be on the uh, on, on the account. He's got to be on there. It's got to be at least in the queue, ready to dial it up. You know. You would think. I mean, seriously, it, there's not much to say here other than he had no business being in there with Tyson Pedro. Uh, this was he was Tyson Pedro. Pedro was fed. Some uh, an absolute meal here, and he took care of business. So th- that's that. Uh, the card started that way, and I was just disgusting that, that this was even involved. It should have been the Tybor Romanov fight, to be honest. But yeah, what what are you gonna say, Martin yeah. Tybor? How about this? Let's keep it moving. Alexander Romanov. Romanov was twerking in the cage at a certain point. Uh, dead tired. Uh, the 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 bigger these guys were, the more the uh, elevation, the altitude had an effect. Tybor looked good, though. What say you about your boy? Yeah. Um, cash this out, plus 265, I think, <clears throat> is what I got it at. Maybe 285, I forget. But, um, yeah, how about, I, I don't think I've ever seen a fighter get tired after a round in which he literally absorbed zero total strikes. Not one, not, not you know, not a, not a kiss on the cheek, not a leg kick, nothing. Not, he got, Marcin Tybor got beggled. In the first round, big old bagel and everything bagel, so the best kind. Um, but the thing with Romanov, he, he his game plan is is centered around just like you know he wants to slam you and and wow the crowd, but he doesn't do anything. He doesn't take you down and like pass you and and lay down some punishment and go for submissions. He doesn't do anything. He just tries to control you so you you know like just hold you back. Uh, his his game is really predicated on on controlling you. That's it. Um, and then after the first round, he couldn't control him anymore, and he lost. I think I think he lost the second and third. Uh, I saw some people gave the first round a ten eight. I don't I don't know how, but uh, you know, sure, I guess if you want to just give ten eights around. But uh, Marcin Tybor hung in there, man, and he won the, the the second third after getting controlled for the whole first round. You know, that might have taken a lot of a lot out of some guys, but this guy's been in there with Volkov. This guy's been in there with so many killers. Romanov quit against Juan Espino. Quit. Um, he just knew he was ahead on the scorecards. So I was looking for a huge opportunity to fade Romanov, and I got one. Uh, I wish I took a bigger shot on it, you know, but it is what it is. I was kind of hoping for, in, in, a, in a sense, that Romanov won, and then he got fed somebody like that was just going to smoke him in the next fight. But it is what it is. The fraud is defrauded, and uh, shout to Tybor. Yeah, uh... Did we? I don't know if I had Tybor. I feel like I, I, I you might have convinced me to do it or didn't. I forget which one I had. But yeah, this this was about as disgusting as it gets when it comes to the heavyweight fights. I mean, it was just two back to back disgusting displays. So Jared Gordon, 
Leonardo Santos, Jared Gordon, kind of black them out here, wipe out sort of situation. Uh, Leonardo should either retire or enter the cut watch. Uh, that's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it, it seemed like he just didn't really want to do anything. I, I, I didn't watch much because after a couple minutes, I was like, yeah, this is, this is how the whole fight's going to go. I can already tell, you know, so nothing there really. Uh, Leonardo Santos is older than dirt, so. There you go. Uh, did you watch a Sean Woodson fight? I did. So this was crazy. Uh, Saldana had him dead to rights twice uh, in this fight. Hurt him badly. One time was showboating, and then the second time uh, ran over and tried to hit him with a Masvidal flying knee as he was laying on the ground, which was crazy. <laughs> uh, gets a point taken away, and uh, eventually uh, Woodson's able to somewhat gain his whereabouts and figure out what the fuck is going on. He almost pulled off a buggy choke in the second round, but this fight ends in a split draw. All three judges had different shit. Uh, I I think I kind of agree with the 28-28, to be honest. I think this, due to the point getting taken away, I thought Saldana won, but, you know, it's it's his fault. This is what happened. You don't showboat, man. We talk about it on here all the time. We talked about it when O'Malley did it. Like, it's not cool. Don't showboat. Put the final nail in the coffin, bang the dude's head into the canvas, and then showboat. That, that's yeah. that's what's cool, you know. Yeah. When, when you when you brutally knock somebody out and then you go over and finish it, that's cool. When you knock someone down and you start like hitting the robot and shit, like no one really cares. So, yeah, I I don't I don't know. It's just kind of I feel bad for Saldana, but he brought it on himself. Yeah, when you hit somebody, um, and then they you know they they start their body just gives out and you are on the opposite side of the cage against them and you tell them to meet you in the center. It's like what? What do you, what, what, do you, what do you mean meet you in the center? Like he's pointing to the middle of the ring. It's like, bro, this is not, you know, Hagler Hearns. This is, you have an opponent, you have a, a chance to kill a wounded opponent. What the fuck are you doing, Saldana? And he's always been an idiot. He's always been a guy that gasses. And you saw it. Derek Cleary, Derek Cleary gave the second third to Woodson. Mike Bell gave the third to Woodson. Um, Rich Montanez gave, he didn't give any rounds to Sean Woodson. I don't know what Rich Montanez was watching. Um, but yeah, split draw is is. I, I mean, do we? Ha, how many times do we even see a split draw? I feel like <laughs> I haven't heard or seen that in so long. No. I don't. I don't know. But um, yeah. I mean, a draw is pretty much acceptable for this fight, even if you know the argument was to be to be made for either fighter. I think they they both deserve the draw. To be honest. Um. So yeah, Sean Woodson, man, he he is not aesthetically pleasing at all. And then you know, whenever he gets hit and his body falls, it just looks so. So funny, I giraffey. Don't know. Yeah, it just yeah. it does not look good. Those <laughs> long ass legs just wobbling and bending all over the place. Uh, giraffey. I yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's I, listen. I'm big. I, I talked about it on here. Big sniper fan. Big Woodson fan. But he did not look good. They talked about how he put a lot of weight on uh, on his upper body, but maybe that weight. Maybe with the more you add weight, and then you're cutting weight down to 45. You're already a huge guy. It can't be good for you, especially with taking shots. I mean. He did get hit with a bomb, but then a jab just put him back yeah. into orbit. It's just it's not Over. a good situation uh, when you're when you're messing around with your weight like that. And uh, you know his legs are so skinny, man, so fucking skinny. And Saldana was throwing the leg kicks. I'd have thrown even more if you possibly could have, because that that's that seems like the way to get the Woodson just chop him down Absolutely. and just go after him. Uh, Lusa. Here's a here, AJ Fletcher looked good for about three minutes of this fight. 
and then proceeded yeah. to get cooked and then came back in the second round and actually hurt Anzalusa, emptied the tank completely, and then had nothing for the last six minutes of the fight. And that, that was it. Uh, A.J. Fletcher showing off that Lafayette, Louisiana IQ and uh, takes the L it's a, it's to, the, thing, to the Swiss man. It's a real thing. Yeah. That, that Louis, fade Louisiana fighters. All day <laughs> long. Um, I forget who they said Lusa was training with. Was it Perillo? Was it, was it, there was somebody on the card that had Jason Perillo and Henry Hooft in his corner. It might have been, was it Lusa? It might not have been. I don't I remember, forget. to be honest. I thought they were talking about how he's, he's training with, uh, oh no, I think he's, he's with Safe Sayud now. I think. I, uh, I could be wrong. There was, I thought they were talking about somebody, you know, always gets the best out of their fighters and that he looked better with uh, whoever he was training with now. Uh, I bet on AJ Fletcher inside the distance and, you know, he had it. And then was it the end of the second where he, he ended up on the ground on all fours and like, a yeah, with a uh, loose on top of him. They were just sit They were just laying there for like 30 seconds. I'm pretty um, sure. They were both, they were both dead tired. Fletcher's gas before he'll gas again in the future. He, he's, he stinks. I liked a little bit from what I saw from Lusa. Honestly, he has power. He's a bit. I mean, if you saw his back, dude, he is huge, big motherfucker. He represents the motherland of Switzerland. Um, when he lets his hands go, man, he's pretty good. Honestly, um, at least you know with with, with a striking. Um, I was I was impressed with him a lot. I was not impressed with AJ Fletcher at all. So um, decent little scrap. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of a situation where they both had their. Big moments. Ons Lusa was just able to have the bigger moments and outlast AJ Fletcher, who did not. I mean, he survived. That, that fight could have easily been stopped when Lusa was hurt because he was just getting. He would look like a zombie, but he rightfully so. They did not stop that fight, and he stayed alive. Uh, Amir Albazi, rear naked choke to the sniper. Uh, so one sniper takes a draw, the other sniper takes an L. Francisco Figueredo, who was telling his brother to move up and let him fight the flyweights. <laughs> Maybe not a good idea there, Fran, uh, Franny. So uh, he takes an L. Uh, Albazi's a problem, though. Stud. I wish he, you know, didn't take a year and a half off. Uh, he's got, you know, a lot probably happened. I think it was funny that he, uh, you know, he, he had he had Joe Rogan very confused. I thought that was kind of funny. He had the translator in there, and then he just starts. He's like, he's like, wait, Rogan's like, don't you speak English? He's just like, I'm fucking with your brother. I'm like, oh man, this is what's going on here. Rogan's just cracking up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like Albazi though. Yeah, so do I. I think his only loss was like. Uh, it was to Shorty Torres, who's you know shout out to Shorty. very we love Shorty very good here. himself, very good himself. Mongolian murderer, how about him? Arichi Coming Lang. through, baby. Uh, this was a tough fight for him, though. Jay Perrin was in this fight for large portions of it. He won a round. Uh, you know gr- the grappling. He tried to turn it on with the wrestling. Arichi Lang kind of gassed out towards the end. He almost got finished in the third. Uh, towards the very end, just getting, just stand, trying to stand there and go to war, which the Mongolian murder likes to do from time to time. Yes. Uh, but he was able to get the win and the rightful decision. I think. I think he won the first and second, right? I, I, yeah. If I have that correctly, I know. I'm pretty sure he lost the third because it did not end well. But yeah, and you know, he it, Jake Perrin had opportunities to to steal the first and second round, but he just he just didn't do it. Um, you know, I think Arichi Lang does look better at 135. I, his ceiling is definitely capped. Um, he might honestly have hit his ceiling already. Uh, how old is he? He is only, he's 29. So, you know, maybe he's got a little bit more in him. Um, he is kind of kill or be killed, which will eventually hurt him. Like Jay Perrin might not be the guy to, um, you know, put him out. But if he keeps, if he keeps, 
um, you know, doing some of the things he does, he he probably will, you know, get put out. So, yeah, no, I mean, listen, the this it seems to me like a once he reaches a certain level, he's going to get put to sleep. Uh, he's on fade watch. Uh, that's I ran a mental note of that when I watching this fight. Like Jay Perrin, not a bum, but not the highest level of uh, fighter that the UFC has to offer. When Arichi yeah. Lang runs into that wall, it's going to be uh, pretty brutal. Uh, it's going to be very violent and brutal, and uh, hopefully we're there to make some money off of it. Unfortunately, that's what this game is all about. I would like to see, a, a, yeah, I would like to see Arichi Lang and Demond Blackshear. I think Blackshear takes him down and controls him. There you I go. Would love to, I would love to see that. And we'll be, I'll be there to try and cash out a decision. Uh, Victor Altamirano, uh, Daniel De Silva, Daniel Lacerda De Silva. Uh, just uh, kind of exactly went how you thought it would. It was either going to be a knockout or, or a submission. And he, he was able to get the punches and elbows, finished them off, started the night early with a nice inside the distance for us. And he looked good before that. He had the knockdown with the knee to the body, I think. Um, De Silva did. But, yeah, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have great, um, great defense. He doesn't like to take shots well. He also doesn't have a good car, uh, gas tank. I don't know if it was if I was just like seeing things. I don't know if you watched this live and saw what I saw, but they they look kind of slow and plotting for flyweights. Yeah, I yeah. don't know why. Maybe Altamirano. Maybe I'm blaming everything on the elevation. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm fine with that. Salt Lake City and the Mormons. I I I, I like to blame them for things. Hell um, yeah! Shout out to Jimmer for that. <laughs> Shout out to James Jimmer. Um. Big win for Altamirano. I kind of like him. I just, again, wish he was younger. You know, he's 31. I feel like he's kind of reached his uh, his potential. Um, he's definitely a tough motherfucker. The Mexican warrior spirit uh, is definitely something you have to factor in when he fights. But, yeah, shout out to him for getting the win. Good, good win for Mr. Altamirano. And uh, that was UFC 278. Uh, exceeded expectations, you'd say, especially with everything that happened uh, at the end. 100%, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. the, the fight, uh, in, you know, in, in between maybe some real boring, uh, you know, situations and draws and lots of decisions. But, I mean, when you get a uh, the fight, hey, listen, we kind of talked about, like, how we've been getting smoked on these main events and not ending the way we want. We're betting the wrong siren. Guys are getting injured 15 seconds in. Or, you know, Ortega popping his shoulder out. At least this time we got a, uh, you know, a, a intriguing. Uh, I'm looking for that other word right now, but kind of uh, a fight that just kept us in the game for tw- 24 plus minutes and yep. uh yeah you know good good win good win good uh good night uh shot to Leon and Rocky Edwards with a Rocky-esque uh performance and fight of the night Costin Rockhold would you agree with that I would say so yeah and uh performances of the night uh shout out to Leon Edwards getting another $50,000 and Victor Altamirano, who definitely could use this, getting another $50,000. Because I'm sure, being the first fight of the night, he did not make a ton of money. So good for him. And here's everyone's favorite part of every are. pay-per-view event. My, Matt McSweeney's favorite part of every UFC event, every UFC pay-per-view event, that is. The Crypto.com Fan Bonus of the Night. Awards paid in Bitcoin, 30000 20000 and 10000 to each fighter that was on the list so we gave our list last week i don't remember uh i think i had usman number one but i think i had everything right except the order because number one actually let's go number three first drum roll please jose aldo came in third oh, he'll okay. get ten thousand in crypto for his troubles uh getting worked over by davish feely 
Good for him. Uh, second place, who do you think? I would say Luke. Kamaru Usman comes in oh. second with 20000 So uh, getting Shen to the Shadow Realm, he gets 20000 in crypto, uh, Bitcoin, whatever, and that'll, that depreciated it probably as soon as he got it. Uh, yep. So you know he's been got he's gotten a lot of crypto over these last couple of uh, fights. So you know keep I guess keep keep getting everyone these crypto. And uh, number one, who do you think? Ask me, Lucy Pudilova. It was not. It was John Cavanaugh, which I don't. It doesn't make sense. He, no, I'm just kidding. Paulo Costa is number one. He gets thirty thousand uh, dollars in crypto. He almost gets one whole coin. I don't know how much is crypto or how much is Bitcoin worth. It's probably it's probably at least a. Uh, I don't know why we're an MMA podcast, but now we're talking about the the value of Bitcoin. It's at twenty one thousand. This shit's still sinking to like a lead balloon. But God so damn. Paulo Costa gets more than one whole Bitcoin, and, and Kamaru's right there. So there you go. Good night for the boys. Getting some yeah. Bitcoin. Uh, you know, two of those guys lost, but Paulo wins and gets some Bitcoin. So there you go. That was don't UFC two seventy eight. So next we have Gon and Tuivasa from Paris, France. Paris. Uh, that'll be the next big event. We have uh, Whitaker and Vittori. Uh, your cousin, uh, Alessio DeCherico, is fighting. Uh, Mock Desi and Nazarat Hakparas. There's a couple of good, good fights on there. But we will save this conversation for next week. And uh, we'll, we'll be a little late on a couple episodes these next few weeks. But, hey, yeah, bro. You know, we, we, need a little, we need a little recharge before football season. College football season, and uh, this will be going on right when I'm watching my Notre Dame Irish get their doors blown off by Ohio State week one. So, oh wow, there's that. Uh, while we're here, I, we might as well discuss some of the boxing. That uh, did you watch the uh, Usyk Joshua fight? I did not. I could not. Uh, I actually did. About, happened about five five thirty, and at the time I was getting swarmed with a, a bar crawl full of old white men. There and, you go. Uh, one Shout of the old whites. One of the old white men. One. Um, ended up leaving the bar with this smoking hot Latina chick that I was eyeing up and uh, my heart broke. Um, <laughs> it, it broke into many pieces seeing her leave with him holding hands. I was, uh, I was, I was in shambles. I can't lie. <laughs> I did get to see like a little bit of the, of the, like, I was trying to check in here and there, but I, I just did not really get to see much. So I will give it to you. Listen, you didn't miss much, dude. Uh, Usyk took a little bit longer to get going. Joshua looked good in the first couple rounds. Uh, they were the the announcers were making comments about how he was had a little bit more bend in his knees and his like posture was a little bit lower, more in sort of a powerful position. But the more the fight went on, the more tired he got, and it kind of just withered away. And Usyk just kept putting more and more offense on him. I think Joshua had a good ninth round. And then Usyk won the last three rounds. Like it just it, Joshua doesn't do enough to win these fights on the cards. Really, uh, it seems like like he's either a knock. I mean, maybe this isn't true, but he just seems like a knockout or bust kind of guy. And it seems like he's kind of gotten exposed uh, as the years have gone on. I, I I'm trying to find the cards because I did want to see. It was a split decision, of course. We kind of called that, but I wanted to see who gave like what to who, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. I know because you said there was a Ukrainian, a United Kingdom judge, and a American judge. So uh, I would like to see the judges' scorecards for the uh, Usyk fight. But other than that, you did really, truly, uh, anyone out there didn't miss much. You, 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 you did good by watch, not watching it. I felt I, I had to struggle to not fall asleep during this. Wow. 
No, okay. well, it was boring. It was, it, yeah. It, I mean, like I watched the whole intros and everything. Uh, Glenn Feldman, uh, Judge scored it. Joshua one fifteen one thirteen, leading to a head scratching split decision. When his victory was announced, Usyk shed tears. Okay, so so Glenn Feldman was the American, correct? Yep. So he's that's crazy because we thought for sure would have been the the two countries were split, and then the American was going to have to figure it out. But shout out to Glenn Feldman who always. Oh, the, an American judge is always good for a nice fix, and it seems yeah. like he probably yeah. got a, got a couple coins. I'm just messing around, but enough. maybe you know. It seems like uh, from what I was reading, uh, tweets I was reading, um, that Robert Garcia definitely made a little bit of a difference in Joshua. But like you said, man, he just might be. You know what is he? He's 32. Man, I didn't know he was 32. Honestly, um, I guess it is possible that the best version of this guy is the one that we saw in the Klitschko fight, or even like around the Klitschko fight, a little bit before the first Andy Ruiz loss. Um, he's two and he's two and three in his last five now. And his two wins were against a fat Andy Ruiz and Kubrat Pulev. So it's like what, you know, I, I, I guess he was close to the Usyk in this fight, but you know, Usyk's also a, a big cruiserweight, you know, I know he looks good now at heavyweight, but he's still a big cruiserweight. Um, I think this is the perfect time, perfect time for Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder to fight. I don't know what else, um, you know, what would hold, what would be holding it back, where they would fight at. I don't know. Joshua has a fight, or Wilder has a fight coming up in October against Hellenius. That might be a little tough because Hellenius is he's got the size that nobody really has to match with Wilder, but uh, he also has a bunch of uh, KO losses. He's kind of in a a comeback in his career arc. Hellenius is, but I think once Wilder finds his chin, he's probably going to go down. Where's Hellenius so, from? Like Iceland or Finland? Finland, okay. Mr. Finland, uh, not um, not Amir Khani. He is not Mr. Finland uh, anymore. Mr. Finland's got the greatest tapology picture of all time. Uh, yeah, we will always put that, bring my, that up. Put that on my LinkedIn, please. Um, <laughs> no, I don't have a LinkedIn. I'm a bum. But he, um, like maybe in the summer, I would love to see Joshua Wilder. I just hope, hope that boxing stops going to Saudi Arabia for fights for many other reasons besides the time slot. I mean, these guys have committed war crimes on us. Let's stop going there. But I guess Yusik's Ukrainian and Joshua's from the UK, so they're not American, so they don't care about 9-11. Money's Whatever. money, though, dude. Those guys money's will go fight money. anywhere. Money's money. They'll fight the King Abdullah Sports City all they want. Um, I don't want to go there. I don't want to see anybody go there. Um, so, yeah, that's a pretty much – you know, I – that's the only boxing I didn't watch. Um, did before, you watch any? Before you go, to, I did want to ask you. Yes. Um, do you want to see Usyk fight uh, Fury? I do. I, I think it's the it's it's the two best in the world. Right. Like I that's think... probably the best fight to make. That's what I was thinking after watching it because I know Fury came out and like shit on them both and saying yeah. they're both garbage. Like yeah, Fury would cook him though, right? I think he would, man. I think I think he is like he's too. I think he's too big for him. I, like, I think. A lot of obviously better than him, but I think he's just too big. They're definitely different styles, Usyk and and Fury. So I don't want to. I don't want this to be taken that literal and that serious. But I think he's just a bigger version of Usyk. You know, much bigger, much bigger. Usyk's like six two, cruiserweight weight. Tyson Fury is a big motherfucker, man. Six seven, three hundred. You know, he has to cut a bunch of weight to make heavyweight. And I think he's just too technical. I think he's gonna be much harder to hit. Um. And Usyk also, man, in the first fight against Joshua, he was getting his face marked up. Like, like I said before, Michael Hunter was marking Usyk up. Like, Usyk is there to be hit. Yeah, uh, I don't think he beats Fury, but if Fury's not going to fight, I don't think anybody beats Usyk. So it's like, 
uh, you know, I don't know what the state of the heavyweight division is. It's definitely uh, in disarray it's mentally. The only thing that intrigues me, though, but, right? As I kind of, like, I, I call myself sort of a casual boxing fan. I watch it, but I don't like, I don't follow it like you do. Uh, right. I would say that's probably the only fight that would get me to like want to have like I always base it off of like what would I have like people over my house for like or, or like I want to watch it in a group setting where it's like let's have some fun let's drink some beers get some pizzas like that's one of the nights where I'd be like all right like anytime pretty much Fury fights but like when what was Fury fighting uh, Otto uh, whatever the fuck his name was Pauline. yeah like I'm watching that by myself you know I don't I, like who cares and he got hey that was a, he was in he trouble got cut open too. like yeah that was crazy but. It, I mean, there's nobody else really. I, I like Daniel Dubois. He's the only other champion at heavyweight, and he's you know he's a regular WBA champion. Everybody, every other belt is held by Usyk, and I think Fury has the WBC. Uh, so I guess Daniel Dubois. He is 24 from. Um, I don't know if he's from London. I think he's from London. He's pretty good, but he he also has a KO loss to Joe Joyce, who's like 36. Jersey Joe Joyce. He uh, a former Olympian. Let's he's go. a bit older, but he's he's undefeated. He is also from London. Um, and he's fighting Joseph Parker September 24th. So if he gets past Joseph Parker, which is a pretty good litmus test, I mean, he hasn't fought anybody as good as Joseph Parker, really. If he gets past, if Joe Joyce gets past Joseph Parker, maybe, you know, you get him or Daniel Dubois against Usyk. I don't know. You know how I feel about London fighters in general. Big frauds, big fade. Um, so, yeah, there's really not much else going on at heavyweight. So, what? Uh... Tell me a little bit about the other boxing. I didn't get to see much other than uh, the, the UFC fights and, and that the Usyk fight. Uh, so there's a card on Showtime, and there's a card on ESPN. The Showtime card was supposed to be Adrian Broner taking on Omar Figueroa Jr., um, Pantalita. He, instead, uh, Broner had to pull out mental health issues. Omar Figueroa Jr. called him a pussy and all these other That's words. That's always nice. And, yeah, you know, he telling him he was faking it. Um, meanwhile, he says himself, I'm also dealing with mental health issues. Of course. Um, Nothing yeah. like when you're going through a nice mental health crisis and someone calls you a pussy and says you're faking it. That always makes yeah. you feel good. Yeah. Meanwhile, then they, they say they have their own issues. So it's like, I don't know what's going on. The problem, I think, with Omar Figueroa Jr. is he has, uh, he has, some, he has some brain damage. He's been, he's been beat up a lot, man. Abel Ramos, that loss was really bad. And uh, this, so he takes on Sergey Lipinets, who is a stud, man. He's, he's very good. Samurai, Sergey. He's from Ukraine, or actually from Kazakhstan. He um, he took on Jerome Boot Tennis in his last fight. Didn't go well. You know how I feel about Boot Tennis, one of the best in the world. Uh, but he beat Lamont Peterson, finished him even. Um, he finished Lenny Zappa, who had some hype bef- before that fight. Lipinets is good, man. He's very good, and he was only like minus 200. He beat the brakes off of Omar Figueroa Jr. The corner stopped it after the eighth round. It honestly should have been stopped after the fourth. Uh, Omar Figueroa Sr. had enough. Uh, trying to protect his son, but I think he needs to take his son out of boxing for a little bit. Um, he's taking some serious damage, man. Even the even in the Jordanis Ugas fight, he was getting beat up, and even in the John John Molina fight, who was completely cooked, he was taking some shots. So, um, yeah, not a great night for Mister Figueroa. I think Broner missed out on a huge payday. Uh, I don't know if he's you know w- what's going on with Adrian Broner. He's always been confusing, but he definitely missed out on a payday here. Easy win. Uh, Mr. Akhmedov, Batir Akhmedov, another robbery. Uh, this poor guy has lost two fights in a row that he, or not in a row, but he's lost two fights that he won both. Uh, this was a split. Alberto Puello from Puerto Rico gets the win. I disagree with that decision 
100%. I mean, I thought it was really bad, but you know how boxing is. Yeah. Hector Garcia takes uh, takes a W at 130 over Roger Gutierrez. Hector Garcia is a stud. 16-0, El Droide. He's uh, 30 years old. Really just looks like he's in his prime. He's coming off a win against Chris Colbert, one of the biggest upsets of 2022. Chris Colbert, he, uh, he always has different color hair. He, he's pretty exciting from uh, Brooklyn, New York, but weird fight that was. Weird, weird fight, but... Hector Garcia took advantage of it, and you know if, if you're not going like, to boxing, boxing is 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 weird in the sense that you know if if you come out of nowhere on on like one of these undercards, you can really make a make a name for yourself, getting a you know a, a hard fought win when you're not expected to. Roger Gutierrez was supposed to win this fight, and he did not. Hector Garcia looked good. Uh, we'll see what's next for him at 130. He he now is a champion. Uh, if you look at other guys at 130, it's him, it's Shakur Stevenson, and that's really it. Joe Cordina is, is okay, but that's Shakur Stevenson's division. So seeing Hector Garcia step up and uh, and get that win, man, I mean, maybe he could be a, a tough fight for Shakur. I, I favor Shakur over almost anybody, but uh, shout out to Mr. Hector. Brandon Lee, a big prospect at 147, got floored uh, in this fight, got knocked down brutally, got back up, won a decision, but he did not look good. Um, Never good when you hit the deck. Never go when he hit the deck, especially the way he hit it. It was uh, he doesn't tuck his chin ever. He doesn't tuck his chin ever. So that wraps up that. The ESPN card was very good. ESPN Plus. It was on a little earlier, and it was on during like the ESPN or the UFC prelims. So I was kind of had them both on. The main event was Emmanuel Navarrete taking on Eduardo Baez, and Eduardo Baez was up on the scorecards until the sixth round. One minute in, and Emmanuel Navarrete digs a left hook into his liver and just shuts him. Out. Wow. Love seeing body body shot knockouts. There was two on this card. Um, one twenty six is where he is at featherweight. Um, that's a pretty good division. Lee Wood, uh, Leo Santa Cruz, Ray Vargas, Josh Warrington. Very, very, very good division. Uh, Emmanuel Navarrete. Huge, huge statement. Think he's had to work on some things uh, in, the, in the technical aspects of it, but good win. Eduardo by I mean, he was minus fourteen hundred and he was losing the scorecard, so that's not great, but. Uh, I believe he's only 26, 27, so he's, he's still got some work to do. Uh, Nico Ali Walsh, the grandson of Muhammad yeah. Ali. They, they really suck a, him off. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you are not kidding. You are not kidding. He gets a second-round knockout over whoever Reyes Sanchez a is. Local, <laughs> a local garbage man. Yeah, he uh, yeah he works for the city, apparently. Um, a left-hook body shot, another, you know, a nice, I like seeing those uh, body shot knockouts. He's, I think, 5-0 and now. Um, I, I don't rate him very highly. I mean, he's only 22 back um, to his waste yeah. management job. If his name was Nico Johnson, I think, you know, nobody really no one would talk about him. Yep. He's, um, he is pretty like, he's not, he's not bad, but like, like he's just yeah. saying like, yeah, I he's mean, okay. yeah, who knows? You don't know when you're fighting like local garbage men. We'll have to see what <laughs> it looks like when he's actually fighting legit guys. Um, and I meant to, t- I, I meant to, I texted my dad and a couple other people. I don't think I texted you to, to put this on. I figured you, you were, you were doing stuff anyway. Lindolfo Delgado took on Omar Aguilar. What a fucking war. Eight rounds at 140. Someone's O had to go. Both Mexican warriors. Lindolfo you did talk Delgado. about this before, though. You talked about it on, on, yeah, uh, yeah. on the Friday episode. Like The two it's, Mexican guys getting in there, that's just worth the price of admission no matter what. And it delivered. It delivered 100%. Uh, Lindolfo Delgado is an Olympian, and Omar Aguilar is kind of a, I think he's 23. His nickname is Poyo, Mr. Chicken. Um he looked good in the later parts of the in, in the fight, but he kind of came on too strong. Um, he just didn't have the power that Delgado had. Delgado was getting caught on the ropes, 
that I didn't I didn't love that I didn't love that from him. But he looked really good at 140. Um, that's a it's a pretty good division. It's kind of open. There's vacant belts. Josh Taylor. Uh, he you know he got a robbery win over Jack Catterall. Alberto Puello is a champion. He got a robbery win over Batir Akhmedov. So it's a weird division right now. There's a lot of fake champions as I like to call them. Lindolfo Delgado is somebody to watch. Only 27, and he's got a long long pedigree. Also on this card, Porkchop. Alejandro Porkchop Guerrero gets stopped. Um, you know, with, with, he's got a great nickname, but he doesn't have a great chin. So shout out to Xavier Martinez for that win. He's 18 and one now. Um, coming off that loss to Robson Concesial, who will take on Shakur Stevenson in a couple months. Uh, I think that was at 130. So these these one anywhere from 126 to 147 is really, in my in my opinion, the best. Um, divisions in boxing, the best area. I guess you could argue middleweight, super middleweight, but those guys don't even fight, honestly. Nobody really fights up there. 130, 135, 126, they fucking brawl. So, um, yeah, that was that. Uh, ESPN Plus, I love when they have a nice little boxing card. Um, so, shout out to Top Rank for putting on a, a great card. Seems like they've been putting on some good shows uh, as – the last couple of years, the ESPN Plus thing has really—I I, always—it was always upsetting, like when they got rid of Friday Night Fights. Yeah, and, man. And like that was always something that, although, like I said, not a huge boxing fan, but that's something like that's on the TV at the bar or if you're out with your friends, like you know, especially during the summer, there's not much to watch. You're like, yo, like right. let's watch a fight. Like you learn about different guys. You're like, oh, this guy's pretty good, and you just kind of that's how Leo Santa Cruz got noticed. Exactly. You you follow them up through their ra- their rise, and it's like then you see the main event, and it's just some guy like. Then he goes and fights Canelo in a few years or whatever, you know. Yeah, like and you're like, hey, I know that name. Yeah, you're like, damn, that's that- the guy that was fighting when we were at fucking, uh, you know, like Johnny Drinkers that night. You're like, oh, okay, like yeah, that's right. And you, you know, but right. like that's how you get these guys known. Uh, I mean, not force feeding Nico Ali Walsh down our throat, but <laughs> yeah, seriously. You know, there, I guess there's uh, different ways to do it. And this was at the Pachanga Arena. So the Pachanga Arena in San Diego. It seems like it's the mecca of fighting in August <laughs> yeah. of 2022. Everyone's going there. Everyone's trying to get a piece of the pachanga pie. Um, so, yeah, I'm, you know, there's more boxing going on. I'm going to have to check out the schedule for next week. Let's see. I'll bring it up really quickly. Um, what's, what's next week? 26. Jose Pedraza, ESPN Plus, against Richard Comey. A 10-round fight from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Pretty good card, though. Jared Anderson, one of the best heavyweight prospects uh, from America. He's going to be on the co-main in the 10-round fight against Milian Ravkasin. So Jared Anderson, watch out for him. Hey, listen, next week if you're not doing anything, I know it's Saturday. There's some no UFC, you know? Yeah, so, we need something to watch. ESPN Plus. I have ESPN Plus. Uh, you have ESPN Plus. A lot of people do. Richard Comey fought uh, Vasily Lomachenko once upon a time. Jose Pedraza, good fighter. We will see what they do. And then the week after, we got uh, Andy Ruiz, Lucy, Luis Ortiz. So a couple fatties getting there. That's always fun. You think uh, Ruiz wins? I know he's a favorite, but yeah, I think he does. I think he needs. He looks like he he's wins. in elite shape now. By the way, yeah, you know I don't love that it's a Fox pay per view. Uh, I think that's very disgusting. It makes me want to throw up. But <laughs> I will not be. I will not be paying for that pay per view, so I don't care. Um, but this is big for Ruiz. If he wins, I think they're really going to try to get this Deontay Wilder fight with Andy Ruiz Jr. And you know, say what you want, but if he he took it to Joshua once upon a time, maybe he could take it to Wilder too. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't and if he didn't show up like a fat mess in the rematch, you might have won yeah. that too. Yeah. So, you know, we're listen. September's gonna be a very good month uh, of boxing. We got Shakur Stevenson. We got Canelo. We got Clarissa Shields, one of the best women's boxers. We got Michaela Mayer on the undercard. We got a whole woman's card, which we don't see. Uh, Joe Joyce, like I the the mentioned before, he's taking on Joe Parker. So, 
Saturday, October, it's going to be a good month of boxing. I'm all in, man. I'm excited. It's a lot going on in the fight game. We will be back next week to talk. Uh, we'll be back actually later this week. We'll do a little pound for pound. We'll do a little housekeeping episode. Uh, maybe we'll throw, you know, we'll, we'll have a little fun go throw back an episode from Hell the yeah. past or uh, throw back some, some, you know, a fight, a fight card from the past. Uh, we might even come, me and Ty might even do a little football episode. We'll do, uh, you know, Eagles, you know, a little bit of Phil's. I know he's a huge Phil's fan. Uh, <laughs> LSU, good, him, and, him and his boy Brian Kelly and their family. Yeah, we'll be sir. out there ready to go. So uh, we have a lot to discuss here coming up, and it's it's going to get fun here on the Hot Take Hot Box Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. We got it all for you coming this fall. Uh, thank you again for joining us. I hope you enjoyed this UFC. I hope this was like we had to run it back immediately. I texted Ty last night like, yo, we need to do an episode ASAP. I have a lot of shit I got to get off my chest. I'm glad yeah. we were able to do it today. So uh, we will be back later on this week. Ty, say goodbyes to the people. Go Birds, go Tigers.